pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. This program is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. If you like what you hear and want to support our work, please make a donation at fundraiser.resonance.fm. Good evening and welcome to One Life Left, Britain's favourite video game radio show. I'm Steve Curran. Hello, I am Simon Byron. And I'm Anne Canterbury. We are back, 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 back. How are you feeling, Simon? Tired, Steve. How are you feeling? Feeling sad like the rest of the country, or 48% of it. Anne, how are you feeling? I just tried to climb out the window. (laughs) Here we are. Here we are, but we're going to get through this. It's a radio show about video games. Not about voting. It's tough though, isn't it? Tough. We were going to put Marioki tickets on sale uh, last week, but I just couldn't bring bring myself to do it. No, genuinely. (laughs) Just felt like, why would you celebrate anything on that day? Anything. I had to. um, I was getting really annoyed with uh, companies tweeting as if nothing had happened. Uh, So if if you'll notice my work account, we didn't say anything on Friday. Mm. Didn't even Mm, say. Maybe that's the problem. Well, by then it was too late, wasn't it? I could have told you what was in the Steam sale, but it, didn't, it just didn't feel appropriate. Oh, no, fair enough. But of respect, enough. you know, for our fallen nation. And actually, the Steam sale is just putting things back on a price with how they were a month ago, exactly, given the value exactly right. of our currency. A little bit of satire there, but we're not a satirical video game radio show. We are a truthful, honest, and unfunny video game radio show. And we're going to have fun today. Some sort of fun. If you are least. listening live, uh, we have ju- we've literally just put the Marioki tickets on on um, on sale. Uh, if you search for Marioki at Develop in Brighton on Eventbrite, you'll be able to buy them there. Uh, Six pound fifty, I think that's and that includes that includes booking fee. Anne. That is very reasonable. Don't know. Yeah, don't. There'll be no, nothing extra on top of that. No hidden costs. No hidden costs. <laughs> no lying here. Um, so yeah, we're excited about doing that first time in Brighton on the twelfth of July. And if you buy tickets within the hour that we're on the show on air, we'll we'll say thanks. How many have we sold so far? None. 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 Of course, because no one knows about it yet. Well, they do now. They okay. It. Away you go. Uh, one night, my man is going to be there that night. He's just confirmed. It's uh, it's Keith Stewart. Hello. Keith Shoe. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> the Stewster. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going? Uh, yeah, good. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure. It pleasure. smells really boozy in this Does studio. It? That yeah. wasn't Schaefer, us. No. Schaefer. Oh, that man. <laughs> we, had a, we, we had a little chat about politics outside. Did yeah, we did, yeah. Because, you know, he's feeling a bit pent up. A bit angry. Good news is it definitely doesn't get mentioned in the news this week. Does it not? Definitely doesn't. <laughs> Let's find sure. It's 7.04 on Monday the 27th of June. I'm Anne Scantlebury and this is the news. 
The UK has gone on fire after a referendum vote decided that the country should leave the European Union. Games industry trade bodies Yuki and Tiger have both outlined their positions. Yuki highlighted the issues it will be working on as securing access to overseas talent, ensuring we have the right investment in skilling up our homegrown talent, the continuation of the video game tax relief and access to funding. Similarly, Tiger highlighted the four key issues as access to finance, a favourable tax environment, access to talent and intellectual property. Yeah, I am not smart enough to understand exactly how this is going to affect the video game industry. Uh, and I suspect most people are the same. Maybe not. Simon, do you understand how this is going to affect games? So a few things that have happened. Okay. Uh, a developer that we are talking to changed the terms of his contract on Friday. To really? um, reflect he wanted to be paid, paid in a different currency. Mm, well, I did see someone... someone We're not on, used to that sort of thing, by the way. So it's, it's, it's fun and spanner in the works. Someone on social media said... Actually, this is good for UK development because we all get paid in dollars, and those dollars mean we get more pounds. Right, so that's also true. Many of the uh, online stores pay in dollars. So, well, hey, that's why we so, all voted yeah. leave. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't yeah. talk about yeah. Steve um, just banged his head against the microphone. <laughs> yeah, I, well, it's, it's obviously too early to uh, fully understand what may happen, uh, this period of uncertainty. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think, I think there's, I think there's maybe three things. One of them for consumers, and two of them for developers. One of them is like the uncertainty around the pound. The value of the pound could affect how much we pay for video games as consumers. That's kind of one thing that seems to be coming out of it. The two things for development. I don't know, Simon. You're always closer to development <laughs> than I am. But I think two things are freedom of movement. Um, so we have a lot of British uh, development talent who are working with and in Europe, in Europe with European developers, and we also have lots of studios here in the UK that employ yeah. uh, European talent so what happens to them if the freedom of movement changes within the EU so I think that's kind of a worry for some people uh, yeah it's, 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 it's very troubling um, yeah the implication at the moment is that actually n- nothing not a lot may happen in that on that side of things so um, apparently They've been making noises that uh, people will still be free to move. It's right. just going to cost us but more. But the problem is not so much whether it happens or not, but the uncertainty that Absolutely, people are going yeah, to be, yeah. you know, rest, less yeah. uh, willing to sign contracts if they think that things might, even if there's, you know, twenty-five percent chance they might change yeah. in two years. Then yeah. and and signing new contracts, people will be really uneasy about, uh, you know. F- sending funding over here. I, I read uh, that someone said that um, an investor D- 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 was funded by the European Union, was wasn't it? it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, and do they, does, did the European Union back Creative England? Was that European funds or...? I think it was partly European okay. funds, wasn't it? I don't think it was entirely. But that, that's an, definitely another thing. Inward yeah. investment into the UK industry, like yeah. with the big... Uh, from publishers like Activision and uh, you know often, often they've said in the past oh we're, we're worried about um, uh, investing in England because it, Britain because it's very expensive but then we got tax breaks which made it better but now we're in a position now where there's this fluctuation uncertainty again it makes companies like Activision worry about investing in UK studios so the games industry seemed uh, from where I was at to be to be uh, remainers didn't it almost like almost exclusively I saw a few people on fa- arguing on Facebook from the from the games industry yeah. but, but not very many no judging from my yeah judging from my Twitter feed and my Facebook I, I think I only encountered one person from the industry <laughs> <laughs> it was more or less of that person yeah. now <laughs> well I haven't unfriended them yet so. <laughs> but that's that's the one of the issues that's been you know talked about a lot is that we surround ourselves generally the people Absolutely, you're friends yeah, with on yeah. your social media the people you follow yeah. are more likely to be in you know agreement with your views mm. uh, so I'm not sure whether that speaks to the games industry as a whole whether no, I they agree. were B- BBC breaking news while I've been doing this story ratings agency S&P downgrades UK credit rating we're just double A now <laughs> we were triple A, a which okay. is much smaller and how much are the Marioki tickets <laughs> <laughs> at the moment <laughs> There's a row going on in the shady world of PC key reselling websites. Indie developer Punch Club has accused key reselling site G2A of selling keys of its games that have been bought using stolen credit cards, which have shut down its own payment site. Cut price sales of these games have lost Punch Club a whole load of money. G2A responded by giving Punch Club three days to provide a list of these keys. Punch Club said, now nah, mate, and issued their own ultimatum. G2A has three days to find a solution to this problem that will benefit developers and help make help the marketplace. We have no idea what will happen when these three days are up, but considering the country's already on fire, can't be anything too bad. I thought this was really grubby. Really, really grubby. Didn't like it at all. Which part of it? Just airing your dirty laundry in in public. Now, uh, I don't know for sure. I think those keys could have been cancelled if there had been the will to do so. 
Yeah. Um, and, and then the wider question is, oh, but then we'll get the blame. Now, now I, like, if if these keys are genuine, if they've been obtained via credit card fraud, and then re- if you're buying stolen goods, I think your complaint would not be with the person that made them, but the seller. Right, correct. And, 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 and yet, there was no direct action taken to cancel those keys, mm. which uh, I found odd. Am I right in thinking that G2A is not, um, it's not a store in the same way Steam or Origin is, but it's actually more like an eBay for uh, keys? That's my understanding. I've, yeah. I've never used it. Uh, so they said they don't make any profit off the sales. They just, make, uh, they just get kickback from uh, payments mm. that go through. Wait, that is sales well no they get back from the payment uh providers that they use so like when payments go through it costs money and you have a service that will give you right okay i understand um i read a really really good blog uh about this by paul from mode 7 it was actually less of a blog more of an an essay or a thesis a dissertation it was thousands and thousands of uh words long and it was beautiful nuance and i'm not going to try and paraphrase it but i would encourage everyone to to seek that out and read it because it isn't as simple as this is a terrible practice by a terrible company and it is a hard problem to solve in a world where we appreciate all the good you know consequences if you are going to have humble bundles where games are on sale for pennies then you have to also accept that sometimes people are going to you know are you going to allow someone to do something extra with their key if they've already got one of the games in the humble bundle well of course you know it'd be nice of them to give that game to someone yeah. else and then are you going to allow them to sell it? Are you going to... But, the, but these are two, um, two different problems, aren't they? Mm. That Humble, um, etc. have um, shifted the ecosystem and they've mm-hmm. you know, created a lot more opportunity. And, uh, you know, whether it's a good or bad thing, that's for a much uh, longer debate. Uh, this is, this, as far as I could see, well, so it was Tiny Build Store, mm. which, you know, is a huge undertaking you're set, like, to set up and manage anyway. And if you do it in a way that isn't, you know, if you're not all in, then this, this can happen. Mm. I know that it would be difficult for us for example to set our own store up because we you know we don't have the the manpower to run it and so if you take yourself out of steam where this problem does not exist within steam because you're buying it directly mm-hmm. and all the rest but you want to seize those opportunities then yeah i, I mean it's, it's clearly it's clear risk but but this isn't about specifically about key reselling it's about the ch- the fraud the, the key mm. stolen right and uh, uh, you know they are slightly different things um and you know, I don't think you can have an issue with key reselling if you if you do get involved in that side of things. But certainly, fraud, credit card fraud, um, yeah, no, is absolutely an issue. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't think this is the right way of dealing with it by both parties. A modified version of Civilization Five will be heading into high schools in America in autumn next year. Civilization EDU will give students the opportunity to think critically and create historical events, consider and evaluate the geographical ramifications of their economic and technological decisions, and engage in systems thinking and experiment with the casual correlative relationships between military, technology, political, and socio-economic development. By charting in-game progress, it's thought this could be used instead of standardized tests. So, what is the difference between civilization edu and civilization full stop? What if they? Which fun bits have they cast? <laughs> well, I think it's more about the being able to track the process and the uh, uh, their problem solving and things like that. Because. I mean, it seems to me like those things, those benefits that you mm. talked about in that are things that people can derive from civilization as is. If it, if it works at all like Minecraft EDU, what happens there is that it's, it's a special version and that it's facilitated so that you can run it on a server that the teacher can monitor. And the teacher can also kind of collect, uh, set up specific uh, tests or um, exercises for people to do within the game. Um, so that's two things that, that, that might well be the case with it. And also, yeah, as, as you said, it might be easier to track what they're doing. And that is, results, That's super cool in that case. Um, I remember, I perhaps mentioned this on the radio show before, interviewing uh, Sid Mayer while I was at Edge like 15 years ago. And he told us a story... Um, that he still gets letters from teachers about pirates, which is uh, not video game pirates. <laughs> that would have been a nice segue <laughs> from the last exactly. story, <laughs> wouldn't it? Uh, but about, uh, you know, um, uh, pirate pirates. Sid Meier's pirates. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, that apparently he would find that, uh, or sorry, teachers would find that children in their class who'd normally been disruptive and, you know, hard to teach... Um, would come in, they get to that section of American history where they'd be talking about trade routes and something, and suddenly they'd know all of the names of the ports and 
they derive that information from pirates. Uh, I, you know, I think this is a great way of teaching people. And they all knew how to dance with the governor's daughter, <laughs> yes. didn't they? <laughs> That's sword fights. They were brilliant at in the playgrounds. <laughs> Future Publishing has bought Imagine Publishing in a deal that makes a whole load of your favourite video game magazines brothers and sisters. Future is responsible for publishing the likes of Edge, PC Gamer, Official Xbox Magazine and Official PlayStation Magazine, while Imagine puts out Games TM, Retro Gamer and the website Now Gamer. It's not certain what will happen to any of Imagine's output, but it doesn't seem likely that Future will want to keep publishing magazines and websites with similar content. So keep your eyes peeled for the first copy of Edge TM. We did warn them. Back in the day, I remember, Keith, when, when Games TM was being set up, I remember the Edge staff en masse, all three of us, going into the publisher's <laughs> office and saying, listen, we know we've heard from our insider sources that they're working on a rival to Edge magazine. It's going to be called Games TM. And what we're going to do about the future seemed very calm. They didn't want to do anything. And then it came out. And we were like, well, it's, just, it's here now, what are we going to do about it? <laughs> Turns out they were playing the long game. Wow, yeah. really long. Quite a long game. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Waiting for everyone's ABCs to collapse. Right, exactly. <laughs> Not for pennies yeah. in the pound. Yeah, it was a similar, similar situation um, when I was, I, I was at EMAP and uh, we published computer video games, CVG, and... We uh, the Games Master license was going around, and they they chose not to pursue it, and uh, you know, give mm. it to Future. And uh, yeah, to, to to me, this is just such a bizarre situation because when you were working at Future, they they were the sworn enemies, the rivals, and you would watch the circulations of the magazines that were competing against you like a hawk to to make sure you were you were beating them. So yeah. I, you know, I said on Twitter, it's like Marvel buying DC. I mean, it's like Marvel buying like DC, like maybe twenty years ago when, right. when <laughs> magazines. I was inter- I, so I saw that tweet. I was interested by your use of so that, so uh, so I I Marvel. Marvel bigger than DC? I think so. That, that that, was, yeah, they must be. I mean, Surely. I don't, I don't they sh- they've well, got much bigger. They've got, they've they got have much got much bigger. bigger. Oh, well, they're yeah, part of Disney, obviously, yeah. so it's yeah. different. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just get them to fight each other, right? Yeah. That's how you find out. That feels, it feels like they're Trouble in right time, though, I'd imagine, if you're, on the, um, if you're on those publications and stuff, because uh, since the announcement, they haven't said anything else about anything that's happening, have they? No. I believe the staff found out on Twitter, didn't they, as well? <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't surprise me how these things happen. Mm, yeah, I mean, I can't... I, they're, they're, there's definite magazines that clash, and I, but they do have quite different... Um, they have different readerships. Like Games TM, even though it was kind of like their edge, it's, kind, it's, it's a different demographic, I think. So they could kind of coexist uh, uh, but uh, yeah I think certain mags won't mm. well best of luck to those involved and finally the best of all stories the ridiculous price people will pay for ridiculous DLC this time developer Zarf Home Software is charging £27 for a PDF that does literally nothing the PDF is meant to be printed out and signed by the player to say they will not cheat when completing the game an interactive fiction puzzle game of course the only thing standing between the player and cheating is £27 and a promise this would have been much more appealing if it had also come with an MP3 of the Charles and Eddie hit would I lie to you uh, bear with me. Hello, caller. You're live on air. Charles, you actually are live on air. I should say before you. <laughs> I do a radio show at seven to between seven and eight, don't I? What a privilege! <laughs> Charles says, "I can't speak now. I'm on the radio." <laughs> In that case, I better call you later. <laughs> okay. Thanks for calling. Bye. Bye. Charles says he always rings now. <laughs> Bless him. <laughs> he just wants to be on, doesn't he? Doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Keith was around. Yeah. I thought this was a nice story. Yeah. Good fun thing, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Uh, often that uh, that that commitment, financial commitment, can make a lot of difference in terms of how you perceive something. So, yeah. Which game is it for? Sorry, I don't think I included the name. Uh, It's called Hardine Lands. Okay, what sort of game is that? It's an interactive fiction puzzle game. Okay. It's words. Words. Words and that. Words and that, Steve. Okay, all right. It's good. Yeah, so so the game itself doesn't come with any hints or uh, anything to help you through the game. And the developer is encouraging you to get through all the levels yourself by trying to figure them out. And if maybe, maybe if you ask a friend, that would be nice, instead of asking the internet. And do we have any idea how many of these have been sold? No, I think he said that a few have been sold. He sort of also said that it, it... it was a bit of a joke, but he does hope that people actually do download it. Because <laughs> like the, the FAQ on it is a lot of... So it's really just a PDF. It's mm. not going to give me <laughs> anything extra. No, it's really just a PDF. But I think that if you put money down, then you're less likely to actually cheat and, uh, and you know, put your money where your mouth is. Very noble. Why £27? Why not? I, also, I think <laughs> it's probably 26 99 oh. 27 just to round it up. Who knows what that could cost now? Mm. Mm. 
Uh, that was good. Uh, also good, Tony Gallon. Thank you very much. We'll be singing with Tony Gallon on the 12th of Can't July. Wait. Yeah. How many tickets have we sold? Once it's going to be me, you, and Tony. Excellent. And not Keith. Thanks, Tony. <laughs> One life left. Video game news with left for a video game radio show broadcasting on Resonance 104.4 FM the best radio show in the world no wait the best radio station in the world we're not the best radio show no, in the world not oh, we're sort of you know we're doing alright top seven probably ish uh, how many tickets sold still one still one still brilliant one. brilliant 119 Thanks, left 119 to go <laughs> <laughs> got 40 minutes yeah, exactly we sold out. We've sold out of, you know, like a couple of hours before, didn't we? Yeah. We've had one retweet. Thanks, Ben. Thanks. Um, Wait, let me. Yeah, there, there are loads of people in Brighton. It'll be fine. Yeah, no. People like video games. Though. That was yeah. uh, Noemi K and Event 2. It's from chipmusic.org. Enjoyed that. Uh, Keith Stewart, I didn't even introduce who, didn't even say who you were when we announced your appearance no. on the show did no. we no no I'm used to it's nice to see you thank you um, your, your skin your, your facial skin um, I think looks <laughs> looks one, wonderful radiant, at the moment thanks. what are you yeah, using thank you. what well, are you using uh, at the moment I am using uh, Simples a rich day moisturiser are you yeah which and you is do that every good. day um, yeah every day and in the, in the evening I use Invidious <laughs> no, not Invidious, Invidious. <laughs> I don't use a graphics card three mega two gigaflops of, how long uh, have you been moisturising your face for? Um, I don't know, ten years. Have you? Yeah, is that long what, time. Yeah, I mean, you do look. You are looking Thanks. good for a man of your years. Does this come from the fact that I was sitting at the Guardian Technology Desk today, <laughs> and we were, and I was advising the technology reporters on which moisturisers to use? It does come from that, but you're not here to talk about those, are you? Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when we had you on the show before, uh, you've talked about your life as uh, life on the Guardian, mm. um, that sort of thing. We've talked about your um, your career in video games magazines before I believe um, and I, I think you came on to talk about your current project right at the very beginning didn't you yeah it was really early I think I'd only just started writing at yeah. that stage so very now, exciting yes. just, just remind everybody what it is well it's a novel called uh, A Boy Made of Blocks um, which is kind of about well it's about a father and a son the son is on the autism scale and it's about how they kind of create or uh, strengthen their relationship through the wonders of video games specifically play Minecraft together and it's based uh, a little bit kind of semi-autobiographical uh, graphically on my own life uh, in some ways right? because uh, uh, one of my sons is on the autism yeah. spectrum and he did indeed become a big fan of Minecraft I just did my other son and they play together and it taught him a lot about life and creativity <laughs> Because this came about in a in a was it a slightly strange way because you, you didn't go out and pitch it, did you? No, was... no. So I wrote a, I wrote a feature about uh, Notch, Michael Notch Pearson, the creator of Minecraft, and there was a story in a magazine in America about how he'd become this kind of disillusioned billionaire, and it was kind of negative. And I just wrote a story about how important kind of Minecraft had been, and how I admired him for what he'd done with that game, and, and admired Mojang and what they'd done with that game, and. 
um, and how it helped um, my family and my son uh, specifically. And uh, a little bra- um, a guy called Edward, who's a senior editor at Little Brown Publishing, saw this feature and got in contact with me and said, "Hey, this sounds like it would make a great novel. Have you ever thought about writing a novel?" Well, so, so why a novel and not a, not a, a, a non-fiction, or, you know, a series of essays or something like that? It's I mean, it's, that's, yeah. a, that's a bit of a leap, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, Ed um, is a senior editor in the fiction department at Little Brown, and I think he'd been looking for something a little bit different because I think most of the male authors he deals with are crime fiction uh, writers um, so I think he wanted something a little bit different and he just saw this story and thought you know it had like some good kind of touch points uh, in terms of it had a like, father and son relationship it had uh, video games it had um, autism uh, which has become kind of quite a quite a big topic recently Mm -hmm. um so um he just saw these different angles in it and thought there was something maybe that could be touching and kind of universal in it and so yeah he thought it might make a book so i i wrote a synopsis for him and he really liked it and next thing i've started a novel (laughs) right how did that go then was i how how easy did you find it how difficult did you oh find it? it's it? so difficult it's, it's what so a, difficult. i can't imagine what that must be like to put something down on paper particularly if it's semi-autobiographical uh because yeah. you know surely people would be wondering whether that bit was true mm, or not yeah or, well it's i mean it was yeah exactly I and mean, it's definitely not I and mean, even though it takes some of the experiences that we have it's definitely not about me and it's not about my son it just takes that basic situation but that but in some ways that was easier because i always had things to fall back on uh, had uh, you know things that have happened to us, which I felt would probably be universal to people. Uh, you know, with anyone with children uh, in the in the modern era, but spe- specifically children, people with um, children who are you know have different educational needs. So um, so yeah, I mean, in some ways that was easier, but in other ways it was hard because I was drawing on things that have happened to us, and you know. It, We've had hard times with mm, autism, right? Uh, lots of challenges, um, but lots of brilliant things as well. You know, um, my, my, my son's um, my my son on the autism scale is a, is a really really funny, intelligent child. So there's been lots of wonderful things, and I've, hopefully I've got some of those in the book as well. So yeah, it's in some ways it's easy in some ways it's it was hard but just the, the writing process of for fiction is really difficult i've been a journalist for 20 years uh, i've only ever written journal journalism um so going into fiction uh, it's like a whole different part of your brain it's right it's, it's it's very difficult to think about structure in that in that way you know when you're writing features you can keep the whole thing in your head yeah and you understand how it all fits together but when you're writing a hundred thousand words it's impossible to keep the whole thing in your head at once so did the story change much as you were writing it Little, yeah. I mean, like subplots left, and then new subplots popped up. Um, I, I, I basically anything I cut out of the book while I was writing it, I put it into a separate document because I hate throwing things away because I'm a terrible mercenary. <laughs> and I thought, well, maybe I can use this again in the future. So I, I looked at when I got to the end of the book, I looked at that file, and it was twenty thousand words long. So oh. effectively, I cut a fifth of the entire book. Or you so. just started writing your next book. Yes, yeah, but it'd be a really bad <laughs> book. <laughs> the Keith Stewart expanded universe. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I'll do it. Yeah, do it as DLC. Is, is, is that universe identical to ours, except for the substitution of of your characters in, or other other differences? Yeah, no, that's I hadn't really thought about that. Is it is it real? You know, I think it's no, it's not identical because I, I basically it's set in Bristol and some of Bristol's the same, but some of it is slightly different because I didn't want to like I didn't want to name certain places or certain pubs or clubs that the the, the um that people go to because I didn't want. So, yeah, I didn't want them to be, I don't know, to sue me. <laughs> Just out of interest, uh, does One Life Left exist in that universe? Um, it, it, it does, but it's never specifically referred to, uh, okay. although I'm sure but all you, you, the characters understand You're aware exists. of it, of course. Yes. Okay, how's it doing? In the, in, <laughs> it's definitely within the top seven radio shows in the world. Not bad. Really? That's great, Thanks. isn't it? I'm looking forward to the film with this. <laughs> did, you, uh, did you use any techniques, sort of novel writing techniques? Did, like, did you get the, the big post-it note and board and keep track of what people have been up to and when they'd done it? Or I, did you just write it as you were sort of going along? I wrote a quite a detailed synopsis, which was about 12 pages long. And then I, I, wrote, I wrote the the uh, novel in sequence like some people write chunks as they think of them but i wrote it all in sequence from beginning to the end so and i and i ba- and i almost ticked off parts of my synopsis when i'd written them so it's quite it's quite structured in in that way lots of people don't write like that okay um so that that was my uh, technique and i also um i guess because um i'm like i love films i very much used a kind of three act i had in my head like a three act structure right to to help me kind of um 
to help me with the peaks and the troughs, yeah. the emotional peaks and the troughs. So I had like a filmic structure in my head when I was writing it. But, right. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a combination of making stuff up as I went along, but having this kind of backbone structure to work to. And Ed Wood, my editor, just, was just amazing and really helped and told me, right, you, this character has got to be doing this, this sort of thing at this point because... Um, it kind of makes sense about where the kind of emotional through line of the book is, and like you know, when, when you're writing yeah. video game reviews right. and art, you don't have to really think about emotional through lines. Um, so, so yeah, it, that, that that was really good. But yeah, it's it's so difficult, and especially obviously because I've, I've got a day job as well. Yeah. And the, but the Guardian have been really good as well, and they they let me have lots of time off to write stuff. Has it given you uh, more respect for writers of video games who have to deal with non-linear structures and with branching narratives and things like that? Yeah. I mean, How do you do that? Yeah, I, I, have no, I have no idea how they do it. And I think, again, they must have this problem of keeping a through line in their heads at all times and, and, and understanding how like a player... like If you look at something like Mass Effect, where, the play, where there's so many branching possibilities within those stories... I I just I I don't know understand how they do it. Um, they, they must have incredible tool sets in place to to deal with the idea that the story can go in for, in, off in a multitude of different directions. Like with me, there was only one direction it was going to go in, and that was hard enough. So yeah, definitely. And and also, it's given me a complete respect for anyone that produces anything that that's creative. Like now that I've got my book is on has has gone out to bloggers and um, there's reviews now on Goodreads.com. Uh, and you know I'm get I have to read reviews and like I've been a critic yeah, for yeah. 20 years yeah, and yeah, suddenly yeah. you go oh wow um, people are reading it and responding to it and interpreting it and that's that's really strange. How are they responding to it? Good so far so far. Is good. it one of them good reads? Uh, <laughs> yes, it's not. Yeah, exactly. No, it's 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 going well. You know, four, four, fours and fives out of fives. So, you know, it seems to be okay. I don't want to curse it, but yeah, so far it's been really. Well, Positive. Let, let's see if it's going to get a seven out. Yeah, one like <laughs> that's my dream. That's all you Obviously, want. it's my dream. Best of luck with it. When's it out? Uh, when can non-bloggers get it? So it's out on the first of September in hardback, uh, and uh, that's uh, uh, and then it's on paperback in the spring of next year. I'm just on Amazon now. Um, I can search Keith Stewart in all departments or mm. Keith Stewart in just books. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I don't think I've produced anything else for no, a long time. It just says, uh, "Yeah, boy made a block." So there you go. Go, £12.8, available for pre-order. Yes. Be released on the 1st of September. Best luck with it, Keith. Thank you very much. Hello, I'm Sega Badawi, and welcome to One Life Left, local news. Well, the unthinkable has happened. The Mushroom Kingdom has voted to leave the video game union by 52% to 48%. Already, the financial implications have impacted the local economy, with the coin plummeting against the major currencies, such as the rupee, the ring and the Lego stud. Also, as they are no longer connected through the union, the forthcoming Sonic and Mario at the Olympics event has been cancelled. So it's not all bad. Thanks and back to your usual programming. <laughs> Letters. Thank you very much for your letters. It's been great to receive your correspondence uh, throughout the week. Uh, I should just give you a quick update on other correspondence coming through. James Parker, thank you very much. Wayne. Uh, Andrew Roper, thank you very much. Yes. Kerry Turner, thank you very much. We'll uh -huh. be seeing you on July the 12th. Uh, Dustin Siegel writes, Hello Anne, Steve, Simon and SSG. Have you played Sound Shapes? I happen to believe that this little downloadable PS3 beta game is the best game ever. The sublime blend of beat making and precision platforming has occupied countless hours of my life and helped me to build lasting connections with fellow shapers around the world. The level creation tools are incredibly robust and the boards I have created and uploaded are some of my proudest pieces of artistic media. What well, your thoughts on this game, uh, Stroke Masterwork? And is there another game that makes you feel how I do about sound shapes? Happy gaming and best wishes. Uh, we did uh, we did review it, didn't we, at the time? We did, and I am not fond of it. Uh, I, I want to love it, like, really do, but something about sound shapes falls flat for me. Uh, it doesn't fill me with the joy I get from some of the sort of platform games, e.g. Pixel Junk Eden. Uh, but I think if you do love sound shapes, you should love Pixel Junk Eden as well. Uh, yeah, I played it. I think, I think, I think, I think it's okay. Yeah, it's I mean, it's good. I think 
maybe I'm harsher on it because it should be something that I absolutely love. And for mm. some reason, something... It just left me cold. I don't know why. It's probably me. Don't let us ruin your enjoyment of it. Of course, he says that... uh, He goes to say that if you want to download his boards on Soundshakes, he is Dustin is good. (laughs) <laughs> so, uh, Positive review Exactly yeah, Good Hello Steve, Simon, Anne And I guess to Keith too Now that summer is finally getting started properly Writes Ed Fear Last week I decided to try out the latest version of my ultimate summer game Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball 3 Unfortunately it was awful But I did enjoy the poor collision geometry Causing a situation where it looked like Ian was holding up her entire body weight With one breast Which is generally how I assumed these things Brackets, breasts, close brackets Work in real life too Anyway, now that the memory of my favourite summer game has been tarnished, why don't you tell me your favourite summer games in a way that will fill up a minute or two of airtime? Thanks, Ed. <laughs> Thanks, Ed. You know us. <laughs> summer games. Well, of course, there was Mario Mario Sunshine. Sunshine. Of course, there was summer games. By Outrun. Epics. Outrun. Outrun. That's oh, the classic. one. Yes. Anything Sega Blue Skies. Yeah. No. A classic era. I'm still thinking. Yeah. I'm <laughs> thinking with your nose up as well. <laughs> 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 I think. Just because I imagine like, all of my thoughts about playing games in the summer is being in a really hot room. Hmm. So, yeah, I don't have great memories. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> have you played the 3D Outrun, uh, Keith, on the 3DS? Yes, it's great, I like isn't it? it? Yeah, really it's so good. good. In fact, really yeah, good. all those 3D classic yeah. Sega games have, yeah. been, have been good. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, a wonderful, it's a wonderful game. There you go. Keith, you've got a letter. Yes, I have, yeah. So, um, hello, team, and, possibly, and possibly plus a special super guest. Today's super special guest, Case Jew, has often spoken about the debt he owes Notch for creating Minecraft and bringing Keith a little bit closer to his son. In fact, Keith has often said that he would like to shake Notch by the hand. Could you ask if this is still that case now that Notch has come out as a bit of a misogynist stroke sexist stroke many other types of ist? Or would he prefer to shake him somewhere else? Note, I use the phrase a bit of to cover one life left from a legal perspective as I felt it would be easier to argue in court of law than the use of the word massive. Uh, Cheers, Ben. What do you think then, Keith? Um, yes, I have that. Notch's, I uh, guess, behaviour on Twitter uh, has has not gone unnoticed by me, and it has made me very uh, sad. Uh, I I don't know. I think he's a kind of co- quite a complicated character, and there's that whole that whole question of how much you can separate someone from the artistic creations that they that they have made you know can we say that i don't know that we we shouldn't uh, respect um like wagner because of his um political mm. views um you know is his music still wonderful or not um and it's really really difficult and really problematic to use the famous sjw free <laughs> word um but yeah, I, it's it, it's really sad. It's really sad. But uh, part of me will always love the fact that he set out and created this game, which has effectively changed my life. Um, but now he's not in control of it. Mojang is, mm. so I can I can just love Mojang and <laughs> worry about Notch and his strange, troubling views. Anne, hi, team, and super special Stuart. Uh, so that referendum thing happened. I had to read three different news sites before I'd believe the results. I'm hoping that British game development won't be too adversely affected by what follows over the coming years, but only time will tell. Anyway, a silver lining is the fact that the Steam sale is now on and all the games cost not too much of the monies. What are your top recommended must-play games on Steam? I don't need more games, but we want them, precious. Also, I played a really nice game about building underground railway networks called Mini Metro, and it's really nice. Love and kisses, Chris. Mini Metro is brilliant. Um, I've been dabbling, I'm not going to review it, uh, but I've been dabbling in Sunless Sea. Uh, by, How did you find it? By Friends of the Show Failbetter, and I think it's brilliant. Really, really, really good. So I well got- written. I've, I don't think I've ever played a game that's as beautifully written as that. Um, I started playing it a little while ago and got a bit com- I think I'd confuse myself with it. I'm it not a- far in, um, and I fear that I'm going to have to stop because I think combat is important, and I'm not doing that. Okay, yeah. But I've, I've been, you know, really impressed with that, um, and I believe that's in the Steam sale. And obviously, my game's in the Steam sale as well. What's yours? Chime Sharp, which is uh, which is, is good. I don't know. It's twenty five percent off. Uh, so I think it's seven. Quid. How can you take twenty five percent off priceless? Exactly, exactly. Uh, quite easily. There's a mechanic in the back end of the Steam. Okay, great. Thing that's to do. good. Well, 
Well done, Lawrence, we're road saying, no wonder you are having difficulty getting letters. The country is in post-referendum depression. Whilst things are so rubbish, what would, you, what would be your go-to game that always makes you happy? I'm still immersed in baby caring rather than gaming, but thinking of the intro to LucasArts, Sam and Max hit the road always makes me chuckle. Love the show, says Lawrence. Games that cheer you up. Uh, the game, I think I mentioned it last week, Cool Dog Teaches Typing, yes. gave me a genuine lol yep. uh, when I played it. And also, you can't not laugh at Quop. Quop. No. Mm-hmm. Quop yeah. is no. I was funny. talking to someone the other week about Quop. What's the other one? Gurp. Gurp. Mm. Couldn't remember the name Gurp. Mm. It's not quite as rememberable as Quop, is it? Mm. <laughs> I, any game with ragdoll physics in is is just fundamentally funny. Like G- Gang Beasts is a really, really yep. funny game as, as, as well. Good. Thank you so much for your letters. Uh, please do keep them coming to... Team at OneLifeLeft.com Hello, I'm Sega Badawi, and welcome to One Life Left, local news with an urgent update. We're just hearing that Prime Minister Mario has decided to resign. He came out of Princess Peach's castle and said that he didn't think he was the right person to go ahead with the exit process. Peach was stood by his side as he made his speech, looking very upset with tears in her eyes. But that might be because she thought the kitchen at the castle was really good for baking cakes and she's going to miss it in the future. It is believed that Bowser will be the next person to lead the kingdom, although he has already made a speech trying to delay the exit as long as possible. Now that he has finally achieved all of his dreams, he doesn't actually seem to know what he should do next. Hopefully, he can reload the game from before this all happened. Thanks, and back to your usual programming. This is Layer Cake by Daitenshi. Again, it's from chipmusic.org. How are the sales going, Simon? No updates as yet. Uh, it's us and five others. Just, people are very nice. intently listening. They're watching the football. They're getting ready for football, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Let's limber up, lads. True. Uh, one thing you missed from the news, Anne, uh, was the uh, this week's release, talking of football, mm-hmm. of uh, Dino Dini's uh, kick-off revival, I believe it's called. Something along that. Something along those lines. I think it is. Kick-off revival, it, yes. It's come out on PlayStation 4. I think is that a footy one? It's a footy for the footy ball. It's on Vita Love as well, it. isn't it? Not yet. Um, so it's one of those ones that, okay. uh, that will be, okay. uh, I believe, but um, isn't. Um, I, I, obviously, it's difficult to know exactly how the game's doing it, but uh, there, it's, it seems to be doing okay, judging by the number of reviews it's had on the Sony store. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reaction it's been getting critically, though, not quite so good. Has it um, been critical? <laughs> Vice magazine have called, and video game, I think, have referred to it as the worst PlayStation 4 game ever. Wow. <laughs> Oh, okay. Ever up to this point, I was going to say they don't know what's, <laughs> don't they don't know what's coming. <laughs> Maybe it's that bad that it's. Um, it's been interesting actually uh, watching um, an old video game legend come back and publish in this bold new world. Um, yeah, uh, the press don't appear to have liked. Have you, have you have you played it, Keith? I've not. I've not played it, but no, I've heard. Fr- I've heard from my peers. P- that those it's peers. Not good. Yes. Um, now he. <laughs> Uh, he's been uh, reacting to some of the feedback. He's done a couple of things. Um, the first is he's up. He's um, established a Google Doc okay. uh, where you can report bugs. Oh. 
to him uh, for the game that he will then, I don't know, um, I guess go and update, which, I mean, it was my impression, uh, forgive me if I'm wrong, but um, you're supposed to do that before it's published, and there are sort of checks mm. in place that are supposed to, I've seen some horrific videos of goalies uh, falling through the goal and all of this sort of stuff. It also seems like a system that could be abused by Google right, Doc. exactly. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, the other thing he, di- he did, um, which I'd, I'd never seen before, um, so kickoff uh, and uh, it was always between kickoff and sensible soccer. Okay, there are fierce rivalries between okay. the two, but both fundamentally one-button football games. Okay, yeah, uh, they played slightly differently. Um, I had very passionate audiences on on, on either side, but it's um, it it remains, uh, I believe, a one-button football game. Okay, right. So you see, move and you use one button for everything else. Okay. Uh, to clarify this, Dino Dini has um, issued three flow charts on oh, how to chart. how to play the game. Um, so oh, we could run through a couple of scenarios well, sure, if you like. One button. Right. Is button pressed? Yes. Kick. Okay. Uh, Steve. Yes. Do you intend to dribble the ball? Always. Yes. Okay. Yes. yes. Do you have the ball? <laughs> uh, not currently. Okay, uh, no. Follow the ball. Okay, I've okay. followed the ball. Right, uh, now yes. I've got the ball. I intend to dribble it. Do you want speed or control? Oh, I'd like uh, control. Control. Please. Push the stick or keep it pushed gently in the direction you want to gently. dribble in. Gently. Do you want to keep possession? Definitely. Follow the ball. I can follow him. Okay. Oh, he should turn this into one of those helplines, <laughs> exactly. shouldn't he? I mean, to be fair, this does sound like, I haven't played it yet, but like the new the new, new Star Soccer visual novel. Um, <laughs> right, Keith Stewart, uh, do you intend to shoot? No. Yes. <laughs> okay. Do you have the ball? Yes, I do. Um, press the button with stick directions, brackets, no need to tap. Then move, <gasps> ball is shot in direction of stick, strength is how far the stick is pushed. Are you in possession? I've just, I've just shot the ball. <laughs> you need to get, you need to get game possession. Uh, oh. And do you intend to pass? Yeah. Do you have the ball? Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, I'm going to pass with no ball. Press the button with stick direction brackets. No need to tap to send ball towards a player or into space. Ball is kicked in direction of stick. Strength is how far the stick is pushed. Do you want somebody to receive the ball in space? Yes. Do you want to use ARPA? Brackets, automatic receive pass assistance. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Keep stick centred. Okay, we'll do. <laughs> wow. One button. <laughs> <laughs> there are three separate flow charts. So where we'd be like, if you're having a two-player game, just, Keep uh, just hang on a second. Guys. Just hang on a second, yeah. Very, very strange. Okay, uh, shall we... Yeah, let's have a piece of music. Uh... Do you want to hear some music? <laughs> <laughs> Press fader up. <laughs> to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. It's a very sort of <laughs> relaxed, happy song uh, by Micro D. It's called Marks of Wear. Just, we're just going through Keith's tweet. Now, he's handed you his phone with oh, the Twitter no. open. <laughs> <laughs> so, what have I done? Under the premise, we said we just wanted to check with you, you're not muting us. Um, and away you go. Give me bad. the phone back. Nothing bad. What if I... Nothing bad. Nothing bad. Andrew Selby, thank you very much. We will see you on the 12th. Um, are, are we are we able to go through the mute list, though, live on air? Would that be... Uh... Um, you, I, I guess so. <laughs> No, but you're uh, not on it, Simon. No, I was a little... I mean, it, it was a pity, and I was like, I, yeah, I just thought you had muted me. I was really sad. No, I was never thing. Why would I mute you? I know. I don't, I've not even muted you, so... <laughs> no, I mean, I haven't. I, I genuinely haven't. Thanks. I did. Um, our guest last week, um, 
told us of a tweet deck trick you can do where you can mm. see if you've been muted. <gasps> it doesn't appear to work anymore because I did try it on you. I did. Oh, did, really? Yeah, it doesn't. Oh. Just did one little tweet. Did you? <laughs> just one little one. <laughs> and to prove I'm not, that I'm following Keith Stewart, he's just said, I love one life left the most. <laughs> the absolute most. And then, <laughs> what is that? Why have you put... Uh, what is that? An aubergine? Is it an aubergine? <laughs> <laughs> oh, because of the aubergine. Right, yes. It's fine. The kids think that that's a good thing. <laughs> Do you know... Did I say this? I tried to... Uh, the other day, I tried to register uh, auberginaubergine.com. <laughs> What, and you were unable to? You're not allowed to do that. <laughs> I also tried .org. <laughs> what, is, what, you're not allowed to do because someone else has got it? No, you're just not allowed to register those .org does seem more appropriate. I know, I know. Anyway. I, I think this is a young person's thing, Keith. I don't get it oh either, God. I'll be honest with you. I'm lost. You're <laughs> listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We're a video game radio show, and to prov- prove it, we're going to do some reviews. Anne. Hi. What have you been playing this week? A couple of things. Oh, so we've been playing more Lego Dimensions. We played the Doctor Who level. It's good net. Um, it's really good. What the hell was that? Doctor Who. Doctor Who. The TARDIS. Exactly that. Exactly, yeah. uh, so, I still have the same problems that I had with it when I played the other levels because it's still the same game. Great. Uh, in that variously spawn up as different people uh, and it's a bit confusing, but it's really, really good if you love Doctor Who because it has all them Doctor Who references in it. Uh, like there's a thing for uh, if you die as the Doctor, mm. in, just in the walkie around you bit. Uh, you uh, respawn as the first Doctor and then if you keep, like Matt did, jumping off uh, the edge of a cliff, you keep just respawning as all of the Doctors eventually. So it sounds like what you're saying is you'll like it if it's your sort of thing. Exactly, Steve, mm. exactly. But it's one called regeneration, Anne. I can't let that pass. He regenerates. Oh. Okay. Right, so I don't love Doctor Who. <laughs> so that's that. That's that. Uh, but I did get the TARDIS to appear inside the TARDIS. What? I know, right? I don't understand how it happened because you can get inside the TARDIS and there's a bit that you can do that but you can also bring other vehicles and then the TARDIS uh, becomes one of your vehicles because you've made it and you've put it onto the pad and then I called it in to the TARDIS room by accident. TARDIS in the TARDIS, guys! What does that do to the space-time continuum? Well, Surely all matter must die. Some Doctor Who people um, on the internet told me it's already happened before. Oh, of but course. Maybe it was something by the Master, and then I was like, I think it might have been the Master. Some Doctor Who people on the internet? Yeah. Simon? No, it wasn't me. This is the first I've heard of it. I've yeah. been too busy re- be hanging around on the, pal- on the planet Gallifrey forums. He's <laughs> <laughs> about- <laughs> Look at the implications of this. <laughs> uh, yeah. But it was really fun. Uh, continue to have a very good time with that. It's really great building Lego. Uh, I also played the Crows, Crows, Crows little game they sent around, uh, the Temple of No. It is um, funny, a bit weird, it, everything you would hope for. Seven out of ten. Simon. Uh, similar to Anne, actually. I've been, I've been, I've been desperate to play uh, TikTok Bang Bang. Um, and apologies. I keep meaning to. I've not done it yet. I do want to play it. It's super hot, but with uh, throwing cars at you and stuff like that as well. I understand. Why are you so, I know, it sounds good. to Steve? Uh, generally to the uh, to the listeners. Oh, okay. Who um, Steve embodies? But yeah, uh, it's been pocket card jockey. I'm, mm-hmm. I've genuinely. I've now. I'm at the. I'm at the stage where I can quite easily creatively name my horses to uh, circumnavigate Nintendo's um, not uh, non-rude word policy. Well done. Um, well done. And now I'm doing it with uh, knowing what the commentary. Um, you know, so when it, so when it's like horse name is in the lead, uh, you can make a joke about uh, the type of person that would gain sexual pleasure from dressing as a dog. Um, and then, <laughs> do you know that word? I, I just, when I, it's just that type of person is what I said. Um, so I'm playing that, uh, doing okay. And then, uh, Battlefront, the new, um, DLC, uh, came out, uh, Tuesday for us season pass holders. Thanks. We've all been playing it, haven't you, lot? And, um, it's good. Really like the new mode, Sabotage. 
the Imperials are using uh, gas chamber to power their tractor beams. The rebels have got to blow them up and then get to the extraction point and stay there for the rest of it. It's excellent. Cloud City is beautiful. Uh, new vehicles. Uh, you can play as Lando Calrissian and. Whoa. Yeah, I know. Whoa. Uh, both um, seven out of tens. Um, I have been playing loads of games, thankfully, uh, because you guys have just been playing the same ones. No, two. I played two. Well, different ones. That's true. Uh, okay, I've been playing uh, Sunless Sea, as I mentioned, yeah. uh, but then it had shooting inside, so sort of maybe stop. Uh, 7 out of 10, though. Looked excellent mm-hmm. writing. been playing a game called Pony Island on Steam, <laughs> and it's it looks brilliant. I was really, really enjoying it, and then that introduced shooting as well. Ugh. So I had to stop. Uh, but until that point, 7 out of 10. Uh, I've been working my way through more games on Twitch, and I've discovered... Uh, what I think is... Do you mean Itch.io? Did I say Stitch? You said Twitch. Twitch. Yeah. Twitch is a streaming service. Have you been streaming without us? No, streaming, I'd never it? do that. Actually, I was thinking about doing that, but <laughs> so I might do that, but I haven't done that. <laughs> Sorry, I've been playing on Itch, uh, some of the games, and I discovered uh, a game called Orchids to Dusk. Is that what it's called? Sounds like a really good Hold on. name I- for a game. I'm, yeah, it's called Orchids to Dusk. And um, I can't tell you much about it uh, because it's a very, very, very short game and it's very, very, very beautiful. Uh, and I think it's the best thing I've played all year. I think it's absolutely phenomenal. Um, it's... How does it describe itself? It says it's a short, networked, wandering experience about an astronaut stranded on an alien planet with only a few minutes left to live. Uh, it's, it's absolutely beautiful and brilliant and perfect. Uh, and it won't take you long to play, so I would urge you to go and find that. It's called Orchids to Dusk, and please let me know what you think of it too. I think it's a solid 7 out of 10. Did you play... And uh, if you don't think that, you're wrong. Did you play that game Lifeline, which is a similar uh, stranded... I I have uh, played a bit of Lifeline, not all of it. Does it does it compare? It's not the same sort of thing at okay, all. Okay, good. But yes, Orchids to Dusk, brilliant. Keith? Well, I have. Um, I've been playing a game called uh, Gal Gun uh, Double Piece, uh, which is uh, a Japanese game, uh, and I was kind of uh, intrigued by it. Uh, I didn't know much about the series, but it's by the um, it's by uh, the company called Inti Creates that uh, made a lot of the Mega Man games, and are working on the spiritual successor to Castlevania at the moment. And it's a kind of bijou, um, uh, bishoujo game, so it's kind of a bit sort of. Uh, it's basically a kind of sexy on rail shoot where you are you are a schoolboy and you are given uh, uh, incredible attractiveness by a, a kind of cupid like uh, demon and you have to fend off the other girls in your school with a with a kind of attraction gun because uh, they're all madly attracted to you and you have to keep them away it's a very 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 uh, bizarre offbeat uh, Japanese game in, imported by a company called P-Cube that kind of specialises in this sort of entertainment and I was just interested in what it was like and uh now i know did you <laughs> it's, enjoy it it's it's kind of an experience i mean it's very it's very it's it, it's incorrect it's very japanese and it's very of the kind of uh bishoujo uh genre which is ridiculously titillating uh man anime based entertainment so it's really weird and really offbeat but within it it's got a re- kind of really interesting scoring systems um which i remember from on classic on rail shooters like panzer dragoon so uh, you know, it's a, it, but it's not particularly well made in that some of the targeting doesn't work very well. Um, but yeah, it's a very, very strange game. It's on PS4 and Vita now, I think. But it's got quite a, in, uh, a well translated uh, story. So yeah, it's it, it, it's very it's very weird. Um, I'm not quite sure how I feel about it, but I'm glad I played it. Great. That is the end of the review section. Wait, did you give it a score? No, I didn't. I mean, it's obviously seven out of ten. Thanks, Keith. Uh, any other business? Keith, uh, we were going to run through any sort of um, errors and omissions from the show because you've you've come prepared, haven't you? Well, no, I was just shocked uh, and surprised that Anne's news this week didn't didn't uh, cover the revelation that Sega is doing another Sonic the Hedgehog game. 
uh, to coincide with the characters. I think it's twenty is it 25th? 25th anniversary. Uh, but they've promised. You see, I've read the story on MCV, and they've promised that um, they're going to do it right this time. <laughs> and as a, as a lifelong a Sega watcher and Sega author, like author of a Sega book, uh, this is uh, particularly hilarious to me. Considering every time a Sega game, a Sonic game, has come out, this is what they've promised. But you know, I think you know a, a Sonic game still to me is something that sort of resonates, and especially in twenty fifth anniversary, I think. Is it going to be three D? Uh, they haven't announced that yet. Right, they're going to so announce the game. Announce a number of dimensions. Or, yes, <laughs> uh, they're not ready to talk about dimensions. Because uh, wasn't, right wasn't Sonic Four fairly well regarded? I mean, yeah. I mean, Sonic Colors was fairly well regarded. Sonic Generations was fairly well. They've all been right. kind of, you know, a lot of them apart from Sonic the Hedgehog, the reboot, and Shadow Sonic Shadow, whatever mm. it was, that w- weren't. But they're always kind of okay, and you're always playing and thinking, oh, this is almost there. It's almost <laughs> good. Um, I, I think that's the level that they've adhered to for the last right, 10 years okay. so yeah there have been some there have been some good ones but the problem is sonic is a 2d game like sonic adventure obviously cast off in a different direction but sonic all the mechanics of that game are designed for two dimensions so um so yeah but i'm still you know i i, I still love that game don't give up hope no i won't Good. Well, Anne didn't think that was newsworthy enough. Nope. So, you know, 25 years. Read about that sort of nonsense on The Guardian. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on the show, Keith. Yes. Good luck with the book. Thank we'll you very much. See Thanks you in Brighton me. for sure. And yeah. you two, see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. See you all. Goodbye. Goodbye.